The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and by Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Academy Award and Golden Globe winner George Shakiris famously played angry gang leader Bernardo in the iconic film version of West Side Story in 1961. Even as a young man, Shakiris was already in many famous films and stage productions. There are so many incredible stories in his memoir entitled My West Side Story, as I've got George Shakiris on the line right now in Los Angeles. Hey. George, warmest of greetings. I trust that you are well. I'm fine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Very good. Well, you know, your legendary career, you started off, of course, everyone knows, as a dancer. And were you, I'm wondering, were you formally trained? Uh, yeah, I, I was formally trained. I didn't take my first class till I was 19, which uh, uh, for studying dance, that's kind of late in the game. Because for, especially in the ballet world, I studied ballet uh, uh, at, at a wonderful school in, in, uh, in Los Angeles, here in Hollywood, I'll say, called the American School of Dance. I heard about that school when I was in, in I heard about that dancing school when I was in high school in Long Beach, and uh, I was told that Leslie Caron and Les, and that Sid Cerise took class there. That's all I had to hear. Yeah. So I, I I got involved in that. But yes, um, I I lost my see, I, I give such long answers that I, I I lose track of where I am. But um, <laughs> but I did. I, once I started studying, I never stopped uh, the studying is constant as long as you're in, in working you never stop studying you have to you have to do that on a daily basis and i always have yeah and i when it comes to studying when you were doing films like for instance brigadoon and and you've got gene kelly in that cast i'm assuming that that was someone that you studied very intently we we know that the two iconic figures in the dance world and movies of course are gene kelly and federstein have always them rightfully so um they, they they both did so much they did much more than just dance and choreograph they they created camera angles and camera work and that was unique and and, and uh emulated by uh, people trying to emulate it but yeah working it was kind of um it, it wasn't a constant thought but when you're working with gene and then his company you knew you were you were you're in the company of somebody kind of kind of extraordinary. So, but but at the same time, Gene was a very very nice guy, and working. I remember one of the things that we one of the sequences that we did in Brigadoon was the floor dance. I was one of the four guys in 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 that sequence, uh, choreographed by Gene and directed by Gene. It was cut from the film, but but he took such great care of of the dancers that he. That he was working with, and, I, and that was free. I, he I, listen. He was a dancer. He knew how what a, what a kind what kind of work was involved in, in being a dancer, and and because he had that background himself, I think he he was he, he was kind. He was good. He was thoughtful. All of those things. I got to do a movie, I didn't get to do a scene with him, but a movie called The Young Girls of Rochefort, a French musical by a director called Jacques Denis. And uh, so I, I got to work later with Jean in, in that way. But working for Jean as, as a chorus dancer, everybody, all the kids in town, working for Jean was like, like nothing else that they ever got to do. Working for Jean was special. So 
when the film West Side Story was in development, you were already part of the London company of West Side Story, but as a different character, you were, I, I believe, Riff, not uh, Bernardo. So uh, how did it come that you would eventually audition then for the film role? First, you know, in uh, let's see, the London company we was started in we the rehearsal started in November of 1958. Um, in I'll say about 1957 or something like that. Work as dancers uh, in Los Angeles was was becoming kind of scarce because there, there were no musicals being made and people had moved to television and so on. So I decided I should make go to New York. I'd never been there before, and so I went to New York. And uh, some friends put me up on the living room in the you know, the couch in their living room, so I had a place to stay, and I had friends to be to be with. And they, these friends of mine knew everything was going, everything that was going on in New York. One of them worked for Roger L. Stevens, who was a huge producer, and one of the producers of West Side Story. But so because they knew everything was going on, coincidentally, almost a month after I got to New York, uh, auditions for the London Company of, were were being held, and of course. My friends told me about that. They told me how to try to get an audition, so on. And uh, I did that and, and uh, met Ruth Mitchell, who was the stage manager for West Side Story at the Winter Garden Theater in New York. And when I, when I first met her, she looked at me and she said, I think you should read for Bernardo. And she gave me a script and set up a time for me to audition for Jerry, for Jerome Robbins. Right. Um, I guess I worked on it for... But and so I, I first read for Jerry for Bernardo. After I read that, he asked me to then look at the role of Riff, and then he asked me to learn Cool, which is sung by Riff in the stage production. And they're going to make a very long story short. Sorry. Eventually, I was cast as Riff, um, and so that was my first experience with West Side Story. It was amazing. It was wild. It was just so wonderful. And by the way, it was on my birthday, September 16th, 1958, that Ruth Mitchell called me and told me that I had the role of Riff in the, in the, the London company, and I had seven checks from my from my California unemployment, $35 each. <laughs> so, so it, it was an incredible birthday. Did you know Rita Moreno, who has since become your great friend, or Natalie Wood before filming began on the movie? No. I, I met uh, I met Rita the first day of rehearsal for the film here in Los Angeles. That was I, that's how we met. I met her, we all came to rehearsal that first day, all of us, and we got to pretty much meet each other all for the first time, and um, that's how we met. Uh, I met Natalie just a little bit later because she wasn't uh, on the film right, right away, but when she was there, you know, Natalie was such a beautiful. Uh, lovely, lovely person. I really admired her so much. Uh, there's so much to say just about Natalie, but but I didn't get to meet either of them until we were actually rehearsing on the film. One thing I heard about Natalie is that she was not exactly on board with Richard Beamer being the love interest in the film with her. Well, you know, I, there was a lot that was that I guess I I was blinded to. I certainly knew, heard that, and. And, you know, sort of, and, and and was aware of it, and also one of the things that I do remember, I think, as you know, when Jerry Robbins, Jerry Robbins was uh, was dismissed, some say, um, after maybe two thirds of the way through the filming, because they thought he was taking too much time. He's such yeah. a perfectionist. And by the way, West Side Story in the theater or the film could never have been the same without him. 
But uh, so now Richard Beamer's first day in front of the camera was the day after Jerry was gone. So Richard never had the benefit of Jerry's direction on, on film. And that was that was a, a great loss. I remember seeing uh, Richard in, in the gym, and we were talking about all this. And what, one of the things that he was doing, and, and by the way, Robert Wise, with all due respect, really uh, said very little as a, as a director. Uh, but and Richard's uh, all his scenes with Natalie, uh, evidently I heard. I can't prove it, but but I heard that Natalie never spoke to him. And he was too shy to speak to her. So uh, here, here's, here's this guy in a major part of the motion picture, and the leading lady is not talking to him. And, and, and Robert Wise isn't saying much as a director. And what he was doing, he, was, he would call Sandy Meiser, a, a, a very famous uh, uh, director and, and drama guy, he would call Sandy Meiser on the phone at night to get help. Um, so Richard was... Uh, I don't think it turned. He, he's Richard's one of the nicest people in the world. He's a really talented actor, but uh, but it wasn't the greatest uh, experience for him. Although uh, he he gives an, uh, an incredible performance, and I think Tony, the the role that he played in the theater and in the film, is the hardest role. Um, to have to play. Um, but, uh, yeah, Natalie, they, they didn't speak, and poor Richard, that was hard for him, uh-huh. really hard. And um, But he, 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 he got over it. He got over it. I, I wish we had more time. I, you know, there are so many amazing stories, and, and you can read about uh, so many of them in George Shakiris's book, My West Side Story, a memoir, available everywhere. George, always a true honor to talk with you. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Among the stories in the book that we really didn't have a chance to get to is the fact that the producers of West Side Story, for at least a while, were pretty high on casting Elvis Presley and Liz Taylor in the two lead roles. They even took a look at Robert Redford. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. 